Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. On today's episode, we are excited to welcome Scott Stevens. Now, Scott has taken an interesting journey towards a career in country music. It began as a youngster when he was inspired by his dad's guitar playing. Over the years, there's been sports, there's been university, but throughout that time, music has always been the thing that has pulled him back in, that has tugged at his heart and his soul. And following passing the bar exam after university, he listened to that tug, which took him to Nashville. Over the last 10 years, he has been building a career and he recently released his debut album, Every Hat is a Cowboy Hat. So please enjoy our conversation with Scott Stevens. I read that you moved around as a kid. Did you ever stay in one spot too much growing up? Um, you know, growing up, I think we stayed in one spot for like seven years. And that was the longest, uh, that was in Alabama. So I lived in, was born in Tennessee and East Tennessee, Knoxville, where my family all actually ended up. Right. And then, uh, let's see, we hit Georgia, Ohio, um, Iowa, Illinois, California, Alabama again, back to Tennessee. And I, I, you know, it was, uh, you know, it made me, it, 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 those experiences built me. And I was, I, I started out as a shy kid and then I was like, well, I got to figure something out. <laughs> I can't be super shy and, and still having to do all these. New, I was always a new kid, right. you know? And uh, that's when honestly I picked up a guitar. Music became like a constant, like a little consistent thing. I needed something to like became a way for me to express myself, you know. And I, I and I also I, like that whole time I was like still playing church music and whatnot. Music in the church. I did that. Led music for 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 a church for about two years in college too. Right. And uh, let's see something like five high schools in three and a half years was wow. what the final tally of that was. But uh, yeah, moved around a lot. But like I said, I don't know that I'd uh, be in the same place. <laughs> no pun intended, but like right now, metaphorically, mentally, emotionally, uh, had I not had those experiences. Wow. And picking up the guitar, talk about your dad's influence on that, because I read that he actually played and he played for some bigger bands. The Talking Heads and Joe Walsh of the Eagles is yeah. who I saw that he played for. So talk about his musical background and how that all fit in. Yeah, so he, uh, you know, by the time I came around, he had already kind of hung up the guitar, so to speak, oh, on okay. the wall. Uh, but that's the guitar, the very same guitar I picked up, you know. And, and, and I kind of did some diving into his background on my own. Once I figured it out, I was like, hey, so he kind of had this parallel journey, you know, back when Ohio was the rock and roll Mecca, you know, back like we're talking 60s, 70s, you know, before Joe Walsh was like before he joined the James Gang, which was the band he was in before he joined the Eagles. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's just he paralleled all these guys that, that were doing it. And I always thought that was cool. And, and some part of me, like, uh, had to explore that kind of music because I knew it was part of my dad. 
and uh you know fast forward and that that stuff that era is by far my like my biggest uh musical influence you know steve miller band era uh the, the eagles of course at california country three dog night uh that kind of thing so yeah he he but you know he was a professional, you know, he, he, he's a PhD as well, it turns out. So he kind of oh, okay. continued going to school and that was always something he valued as well. It just, he didn't necessarily commit his life to music in the way that I have. So. Yeah, exactly. And with that, with him being in it, but not committing and sort of seeing that side of life, was there ever a time where he discouraged you from getting into this life because he maybe had a viewpoint of how difficult it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah. That definitely existed, man. I, and, and it took shape in the form of, you know, he would tell me, you know, Scott, just keep going to school, keep going to school. And, and, and then I'll support, you know, whatever your dreams are, you know, there's a bunch of, uh talented uh starving musicians you know and uh damn if he wasn't right but uh uh as parents usually are man but uh, so i did i kept going to school and uh you know i think i've ended up in a pretty healthy place with it i've been fortunate enough to let's see i'm on my second or third publishing deal when i moved into town uh so long story short my my uh i graduated law school and that was when that was when i was supposed to grow up right right yeah i was playing bars and and churches and coffee shops anything that you could uh put a tip jar in front of yourself and play some music and uh then i had this firm job waiting on me when i graduated law school and uh i started it and it was the most boring thing I had ever done, you know, just imagine throwing, you know, just a rock and roll guy into like a real professional environment. So it didn't, uh, it's a little oil and watery kind of deal. So I, I, I looked at the girl I was dating at the time. I said, Bed, I got to go to Nashville. And uh, I was like, I li I'd like you to come with me if you, if you want to. And uh, good decision or bad decision. I like to think it was a good decision. She's now my wife. And we're here in Nashville and this is like, we're 10 years into it, man. And, uh, uh, it's a good place to be, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it is, it's a, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of heartbreak, a lot of setbacks, a lot of, uh, rejection, but again, maybe that, uh, moving around and trying to figure stuff out early in life set me up for that thick right. skin kind of deal. Yeah. And getting your first guitar from your dad, I think you're about four or five when you received that first guitar. Do you remember the feeling that you had when you got that first guitar that was your own, that wasn't just one that your dad had sitting on the wall? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. It, see, it's hard to answer because my first guitar, oof, this kind of brings up a little pain, to be honest with you. My uh -oh. first guitar was my dad's uh, acoustic guitar. It was a guild. It was beautiful. It was like a something from. It was like a, either seventy eight or something somewhere between seventy eight and eighty four. Right. This guitar was made. Okay. And he gave it to me, and it played beautifully. Uh, it didn't have the best uh, electronics because it never got a little TLC and catch up up uh, with you know modern standards and whatnot. Right. And one of my biggest regrets is that I traded that guitar. I sold that guitar oh, okay. for, for, for one that I thought I wanted more. 
and looking back, I'm just like, gosh, I'd give anything to have that guitar back. But yeah, I mean, that was my first guitar. I felt like, uh, you know, we all have a little bit of something we're trying to work out emotionally, psychologically with our parents, make them happy. Who are we? Who are we with, with them? And you know, who are we individually? And somewhere I, 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 I've been doing a, a few of these interviews. I've started to like really evaluate myself. And I'm like, man, all of this might be a lot just to like make my parents happy. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Making sure. And looking at that and like seeing it through that lens and like, okay, well, what am I doing for myself? And what, what what's my story going to be and my legacy going to be? And then that kind of all just comes back to the music for me, wanting right. to make cool music. But that was a long way around answering that question. That was a cool question. I've never been asked that. Absolutely. Yeah. And this musical journey, of course, we have to talk about your poppy, one of your biggest influences along this journey. Now, just talk about him and the person he was and why he's so special for you. Oh, gosh. He was uh, the most well-liked dude of all time. I mean, his, uh, his, uh, his funeral had a line that wrapped around the building almost two times. When oh, people wow. trying to get in, pay their respects. And I, That's awesome. I just, uh, I, I don't know. There were times when any new situation I would... Uh, I would encounter, I would imagine in my head, what would Pappy do? How would he handle this? And it started to, I guess that, that played a lot in the development, my personality and my coping mechanisms. And, you know, he still did it better every time than I would have, but uh, in my mind, you know, but uh, he, he was, uh, he was everything to me. He was huge in my mind and uh, it was a big guy generally. And, uh, I don't know, just kept it lighthearted, kept it family centric, faith centric, you know, um, just love was what he passed on to me in, a, in, a, in, a, in a every form, you know, and and I think that's how he dealt with with things. It was humor and love. And I love I love that 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 has become who I am, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. And tell me about his storytelling and how that has influenced your songwriting along the way. Gosh, he uh, he used to tell me stories. He used to tell me World War II stories, right? He was a medic uh, at the very end of World War II and, uh, you know, running out into, into battlefields and, and bringing people back. And, uh, and, and, and he would tell me, stories honestly that i can't repeat here is crazy things he saw i mean you can imagine the, yeah, the, the yeah. of war and whatnot and he would just sit us down and and uh usually when it come to it came to those stories he would leave my sisters out of it and he would just talk to me and that that was always special i felt like i was just getting a little peek behind the curtain but we'd sit around and we'd play uh play cards it would either be spades or pinochle um just playing a card game and he would just, he would just talk. He would just talk and tell stories and, um, and he'd always have like the Glenn Miller orchestra playing in the background or some like real world war two era. Um, it's great era type music playing. And, uh, music would always be this uh, little thread throughout. And like thinking back on that, that's exactly all, that's all I do. That's what I do. 
you know, tell stories and, and, uh, and he'd have, uh, you know, it's big, uh, my grandmother particularly, she's a big Elvis fan. So we had Elvis, uh, cassettes once cassettes were a thing. And then, uh, I don't know, just real memorable stuff. And, uh, and, and, and obviously, uh, you probably know that my song missing you. Yes. Um, it's kind of an ode to him. There isn't a big enough uh, tribute to him. You know, I could write a thousand songs about him and it wouldn't be enough. But that song, uh, again, another God thing. I, uh, I always tell the story when we're playing it live, too. Like I was just, uh, you know, it was another time in my life where I was kind of searching for an answer for for a meaning, for a reason. And uh, came downstairs, couldn't sleep, poured a big old glass of, of bourbon. And uh, I looked at these two pictures that uh, I had on my mantle. It was one of my pappy and one of my son, Henry, who we named after pappy. It was Henry and Henry. And, uh, and I said, Pap, you should see my son right now, man. And through that, man, I, I came up with this like little thing and I couldn't put it down. And I couldn't put the guitar down. I got like two hours of sleep, went in the next right or next day to a right and came up with the song Missing You. And, uh, and, and I tell you what, it's, it's wild because that's our first song to radio, right? Country right, radio. Yeah. I don't know if they told you that, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the first song to country radio. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. I never would have thought in a million years something so personal to me, but seeing how people connect with it and react to it, everybody's lost somebody they love. I feel like uh, um, that connects with it. And it's just, it's wild how something I let be so vulnerable and personal to me become something that I've always been trying to be, you know, I've always been yeah. trying to get on the radio, that kind of thing. So that was happy. That's awesome. And one thing I have to ask just in your memories of visiting him, when you think about crackling Oat brand, does that bring back any memories? Oh my gosh. How did you find this stuff, dude? This is crazy. <laughs> I love uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's the cereal they always used to have, man. It was it was breakfast, it was snack, it was uh sometimes it was dinner, it was just crackling open. And uh yeah, that was that's so funny, man. Yeah, that's uh that's wild. Always in their house, never without it. That's awesome. And so let's talk about your music and growing up. Another thing I saw that I wanted to ask you about was your Tascam digital audio workstation. Nice. that you had and where that came into play what age you were when you started messing around with that bro what a fun interview thank you for 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 doing this in such a unique way i i really respect that that's like absolutely i i will i will uh, you know i'm we're just meeting right now and and, and you know we're finding out about each other but i'm gonna be watching what you do because these are this is interesting stuff this is the peek behind the curtain stuff uh yeah that was my task game i still have it in my oh, yeah. mind i'm gonna like somehow make it a like a plaque or something that'll last forever uh like a museum type something but right, uh, yeah. i don't know i can't get rid of it uh yeah so many uh horrible horrible songs i i wrote and recorded on that man um but you know you live you learn you uh you make more music and what age were you 13 14 i started getting into um uh, trying to record music on something other than my uh my pappy bought me this uh 
um it's like a little boom box and it was a tape thing and oh man i recorded so many i had i still have tapes to this day my mom she still keeps all these tapes and i'm uh but yeah i, I was probably like 14 uh when i start, first started recording in the basement that's awesome and so basketball i believe was also a big thing for you growing up and yeah. wanting to be a professional ball player and so talk about 16 and the tough love conversation that you had with your mom and how that kind of changed your path. Yeah, she, uh, she, she, you know, I, tough love. I think the world could use a little more of sometimes she was very encouraging. Don't get me wrong. She's my biggest fan still. I mean, my, my mom and dad came out to CMA fest and they helped us move some of the equipment with oh, us, nice. and my, you know, uh my parents are you know nearing 70 and there and we got them in the the hot heat of nashville just carrying my 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 and i'm like i'm sorry <laughs> but uh gosh so supportive couldn't be couldn't be more supportive you know um but back in the day yeah i was uh i, I wanted to play basketball in a real way like uh i i i was really at the at the front of the the squad kind of in all my schools and whatnot okay. up until about eighth grade and then you know whether it be other interest or everybody just everybody else just started like getting super tall and really good and uh I uh, started to sit the bench a little bit and uh, I kept, you know, I would, I would stay outside practicing for hours and, and, and hours. But uh, uh, one day uh, I, I told my mom of, of these ambitions and she was like, well, buddy, <laughs> you're not very tall. You're not as tall, you know, and, yeah. and, 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 and you might not be good enough. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. It hurt at the time, but now looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, how much heartbreak did she just save me so much effort? I mean, I still had to figure it out a little bit on my own, you know, but, uh, uh, yeah, it, it led me to, uh, maybe, maybe figuring out how to play another chord on the guitar, you know? Yeah. And shortly after that, I read that you had a snowboarding accident and you broke your arm and your leg. And so yep. you were in bed quite a bit. And that's sort of when songwriting really started to take off for you. That was it. That was it. That was it. I, uh, I did this. Uh, this is when we were living in Iowa. I was like six, 15 or 16. And I got pretty into snowboarding. And I uh, got w w way more confident than I should have been. And I uh, went off this big jump and I landed, uh, landed you know, so to speak, uh, broke my arm and leg and, and a few places in each one and yeah. had to be homeschooled for the rest of the year kind of deal. Oh, okay. And, uh, that's, that's when songwriting, like it started to be more than a hobby. It was like what I woke up wanting to do. I wanted to, I wanted to make music. I wanted to, to express, uh, you know, whether it be something because of what I was going through emotionally at that time or, or, Whatever it was, that was my catalyst to to diving in head first kind of deal. <laughs> I had already I had already dived into the snowboarding uh, arm and leg first, so why not music at that point? Yeah, it was, it was one of the only things I could do, man. Let's see, it was uh, fortunately it was I'm right-handed, and it was my left arm and my right leg, and the crutches were kind of a pain for me. So so so. 
like for the rest of the school year, it was like a, a few months left anyway. We homeschooled, but uh, but I could still do this, you know. Oh, okay. And, uh, and 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 write jot out ideas and whatnot, and that uh, that was when it started to take over, man. That was when the obsession became real. And there was there a songwriting contest that you won following yep. that little right stint? after that. Right after that, I, we uh, uh, again, my mom, shout out, shout out, Mamie. I call my mom Mamie. She submitted one of my songs to this. There was like this nationwide, like scout thing. People were coming out to malls around the area, okay. and uh, and there were uh, she sub- there was like you know, you submit your songs and uh, a tape or whatever. And I got a call that like they wanted me to come back and and come in front of them and whatnot and so i played the song and they listened to it and then made it through all these rounds and i ended up winning the thing it was like a nationwide thing and had they had like the finale of it out in la or something oh wow and uh from that i picked up uh uh this was like 17 or 18 17 because i i wasn't old enough to be out there uh without my mom oh, okay. and uh and uh, but I picked up a manager and an agency from that. And oh, wow. uh, then it started to be like something I was like, oh, this could be a thing, you know. Right. And so, so at, at that point, like you mentioned, you went to university for law. But yep. with having that at 17 or 18, was there any thought to simply just chasing a career in music or would your dad not let that happen? Couldn't happen, dude couldn't happen it was i found ways to talk my dad into uh especially when i was under 18 i was like dad i can start because at the time the snowboard incident had allowed me to graduate a few months early and i said dad i can take classes online and get ahead in college also, while living out in on the West Coast for a little bit and chasing my dream out there. And he said, oh, as long as you as long as you keep going to school and uh, they helped me and figure it out, you know, kind of deal. So, yeah, there there were certain certainly several times where I just wanted to stop school altogether. And, uh, you know, looking back, you always got two sides planted out in your head, two voices. Like, what if you would have stopped school altogether and just invested in that? And I was like, yeah, that's a valid uh, thought, but, uh, no regrets, man. No regrets. It's always useful. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the way I think now because of a lot of maybe, maybe education, maybe just experiences, but whatever it was, I'm okay with it. Right. And so you go to school, you pass the bar, like you mentioned before, you were set up for a job. And then it's like, no, I'm going to Nashville. Now, talk about that move and just the feelings you had inside. And did you know anybody here or were you just coming fresh and just like, I'm doing this? I did it. I did it in a real way, man. I didn't know anybody. This was different from when I moved out to the West Coast for a couple of years. Uh, because I, I I finished up school back in Tennessee, so I, I realized the LA wasn't for me. Came back to school, uh, finished it up at UT Knoxville. Is where my my whole family was back at in at that point. And uh, um, yeah, I uh, kept going to school. I didn't really know Nashville was was what I needed after I graduated undergrad a little bit early and. It's like, all right, I'll keep going to school. Um, I was, I was having success, dude. I was, and, and now you rewind back in. I was making close to 
50,000 bucks a year just playing at bars three to four nights a week. And, and I'm a college kid, you know, at that point. And it was awesome. It was I awesome. Bet. So, so I was, uh, I had no responsibilities and, you know, it was just that and keep going to, to keep going to a few classes. And, uh, Anyway, I decided to go to law school and uh, yeah, that, then I realized, well, goodness, Nashville's been a place, if I'm wanting to write songs, if I'm wanting to make music, that would be the most obvious place. It's here in Tennessee. What am I thinking? I was like, I've been back and forth to Nashville all my life, but I, you know, it was always for fun or something. And right. I don't know, it just never really dawned on me. I just knew school was a thing I needed to finish, you know? Uh, whether because I wanted my dad to be real happy with me or whatever it was, man. But, uh, looking back on that, uh, passing the bar, getting ready to start work. And, uh, <laughs> I'm still like, Scott, you idiot. <laughs> uh, had, had, uh, had a, a great job lined up for me. And, um, you know, I can only be me, you know, and that, that looking back on that, that's what that is. It, it was a leap. And uh, it was scary, and but but you know, I think it was uh, it's, it's made my music better now. It's made my, I figured out finally. I feel like in my head what I want to do, who I am as an artist, um, as a songwriter, what my message is, what I want my legacy to be, and uh, and uh, yeah, it was crazy. There were several people that thought I was crazy for for bailing on the law gig. Uh, absolutely I and i don't blame them maybe i am <laughs> and so the first couple of years in uh alex klein and aaron enderlin talk about your relationship with them and how important that was in those first few years of being in nashville very important it was uh so i got hooked up with the manager about my first year in and uh, and I always had to figure it out. So this whole time while I was uh, I, I was without a deal for the first like two years for the first year and a half or something like that. And uh, while I was doing that, I was down. I was I was I was actually doing criminal defense work to make ends meet from like 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. And then I would write in the afternoons. Oh, okay. And uh, Aaron and Alex were some uh, they were writers and producers that I got hooked up with through that management. And, uh, you know, they were super helpful and in, in me figuring out what I wanted to do, what uh, what sounds I wanted to make, what type of music I wanted to play. And uh, they believed in me, you know, all along the way. We've, I've had people that have believed in me and the artistry of it. And uh, I'm very thankful for that. I don't take that for granted. And uh, and, and then they helped me figure out. Uh, I think uh, they, that led me to my first publishing deal where I was able to stop practicing law for a little bit and just write full time. But they're super, super talented, uh, good people. And uh, here making music. I haven't spoken with them. I haven't talked to them in a while, but uh, I think uh, from what I hear through the grapevine, they're doing good. And I believe it was because of them that you were able to release your debut EP. And now talk about that EP. And when you look back on it, just what your feelings are of that music. You know, I'm my own worst critic, always. And so, so I, I look back and listen, and I'm, I'm not ashamed. I'm not, I, I'm like, don't, so don't take it like that. I, I, yeah. I love, I love 
humble beginnings. I love, I love to hear myself like looking back on, I've written uh, hundreds and uh, maybe thousands of songs at this point, you know? And uh, I'm like, man, I, I really, I know what I was going for. I realized like the path I was like finding listening. So listening back to those records, it's like, wow. Uh, you know, I've recorded so much music. I recorded a gospel record, like when I was real young and like, oh, wow. I've listened back to that and I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. You were really trying, you were really figuring it out. And, and uh, that's what I think when I listen back to those, like there's a guy, there's a guy really figuring it out. Right. Yeah. And now with your new record at the start of 2019, I believe it was, you posted that you were finishing up a record. You were in the studio finishing things up and throughout sort of 2020, 2021, you were also in the studio. And so within that time, going back to 2019, how much of that music that you were working on back then has made it onto the new album? So 2019, so really it just like, you know, the craziness that the world, the whole world, we all went through. Yeah. Um, in, in that, I think uh, what was anticipated to be like a three or four song EP became a 16 song record now. And so fast, like rewind back to then, I think my song, I Feel Good, was written at the very end of 2019. I think uh, this, there's a song called Gambling Man. I think that was written in 2019. Um, so a few of them, which I'm very proud of that. Like, it's uh, it's hard to have something like you look back on. Like, that's been my whole goal with this record. It's just uh, I want to be super proud of it. I want my kids to be proud of it. I want it to hold up uh, in a few years, you know. Yeah. In 10, 20 years, I'd like to listen back to this thing. I'm like, hell yeah. That, and so that's been my goal with all of it. So like thinking back to what songs have made it on there from 2019, I'm like, that's pretty cool uh, to stay in power. Because how many songs do you write? And you're always comparing them. You're like, oh, well, what's better? Have I beaten that? And uh, it's cool when, uh, you know, the bracket makes a 2019 song pop in 2022. Um, but yeah, I signed my first record deal. Uh February 2020, first record deal in my life, right? Right. So I, yeah. I had that uh, that ass backwards way of making it to Nashville, and I uh, finally signed my first record deal. And uh, I'm not practicing law at that point. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do this. We're going on tour with Justin Moore. This is going to be awesome. Let's go, baby. And then the world stops. I'm like, okay. And then my third kid arrives about that same time. My sweet right. little. Uh, well, no, that was my second been a busy few years yeah and uh um but yeah it was just uh you know figuring it out and through that though it's a it's the blessing in disguise i got to make a 16 song record yeah. and uh something i'm very proud of every single song you know like it or not it's it was me it was uh that's when i i decided listen i'm gonna produce this thing I really appreciate other producers and I get help from co-producers now and I love input and whatnot, but somewhere along the line, I realized I wasn't. Um, and, you know, compare that to what your previous question was with like the music I recorded uh, a, a while ago. It was just yeah. like, I was listening to all these influences and 
and and following you know what different executive producers thought this was the path and then i was like what am i doing uh and and that's where why this record is so special to me um it's unique because who the hell am I to be producing uh, a record uh, a signed artist essentially is what I did. You know what yeah. I mean? And I'm like, that's what, that's what that was way out of my league. But I was like, look, I'm not doing it another way. This has got to be something it's I'm going for a sound. I'm going for something. It's not necessarily been done like this before. And I don't really even know what it's going to be, but, that's this is how it's going to be kind of deal. So I've been very fortunate to have a team still support me through all that. So now we got a 16 song record. Was there ever a time where you thought you wouldn't be able to produce the record because of how hyper focused you were and maybe like never being happy with what was going on and just being so focused on it? Well, that's it, man. I, uh, I had to learn how to be a producer. Right. And I, I did actually produce some records when I was living in Knoxville. I ran a studio for like uh, just while I was going to college and I recorded okay. some indie bands. So I did have a little bit uh, of, of of a leg up in that. But I had to figure out how to be a producer and being a producer for yourself is interesting, too, because, uh, you know, how I said I'm my own worst critic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And so so when is something done? or what's good enough or what is the best that it can possibly be and uh that was a learning curve you know that was something uh i had to figure out man and uh and had to find a balance of that and some sanity was sacrificed through all that but uh but i think i ended up in a good spot i'm really excited we go back into the studio soon um to record an, uh, another batch of songs. And I'm like excited to take what I learned from this, this 16 song project and apply it moving forward. And I'm just like, maybe, maybe it'll be, especially since I kind of uh, created a template for it, for the sound, for the topics, for the message, for everything like it, it it was very hard when I when I was talking through producers to have them latch on to what I was saying because it's it's just a little different. Right. So, uh, but yeah, that was a learning curve, man. It's like, okay, Scott, uh, do you want to be sane or or <laughs> or have a record or you got to find you got to land somewhere in the middle on on some of these things. My wife, bless her heart, she's uh, she had to listen to to tones of kick drums and how low frequencies basses can actually go and still pop in car stereos i mean just these tiny little things that i i don't know that uh, i feel sorry for the other people that also obsess with those things so because i i get it so anyway Wow. And so a 16 song album is pretty much unheard of these days, unless you're like a very top artist. And so when you're going into this and you say, I want to have a 16 song record and I want it to be me, I want it to be unique. I want it to be something different. You're in a town of people chasing hits 
And so when you're going into this record thinking, I want to do what's me and I want to do something a little different, were there people around you who were saying, like, don't do it, you're going to kill your career? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there were. Uh, I mean, there's, and, you know, it's all, everybody wants to have a say in it. Yeah, and I take that as a compliment. That's uh, that's a beautiful thing. Thank you for being invested in me. Thank you for interviewing me about this music. You know what I mean? I really yeah. do take that as a compliment. But uh, it was just, uh, I don't know, man. It was, it was just what it had to be for me to, you know, I'm 37 years old. I, uh, I feel like at this point, I either know better or I should know better, you know, and uh, blessing or, or, or not, man, I have, and it is a blessing, you know, I can support my family through other means than sacrificing my art. And I care about it very deeply. It's a, it's a, it really is an obsession and uh, you know, it's a tough balance to strike because I like hit music. I want, I want, you know, the money that comes with number ones that would make my life substantially easier and it would allow me to create lots of other good music. But I, I always just kind of had a little bit of a resistance to going into a room with the aim to write a hit, you know, uh, as opposed to going into a room with the aim, let's write good music. Let's write a good song, something that means something. And, and sometimes I feel like country music particularly gets shorted on that front because there is, I mean, all music. It's just hard to, to, to commit to the art of it when you have, you also have to cater and foster the, the business side of things. You yeah. know, I, I, I still, I gotta be on tour. I want to be on a tour. I want to be played on the radio. That would make, you know, like I said, it would help us create more good music. And so it's just this balance. And the only thing I've found to preserve sanity and to, to make myself proud of myself is just follow heart. Everything else has, it will, will, will fall in line. And, uh, and if it doesn't, man, you know, you followed heart and you stay true to yourself. And that's something to be proud of. Right. And after, you know, two ish years of working on this album, how freeing was it to release it and have it out in the world? Crazy. I, I, I don't, it still doesn't feel real to me. It still doesn't feel real to me. It still, it feels, uh, uh, I, I can't believe people are listening to these songs that I've like, rock to sleep kind of deal you know what i mean uh and uh it's it's why it's rewarding and just for it to be out you know uh i i I still can't believe like justin moore is on the record heath sanders is on the record farron rachel's is on the record uh i got to release it with a with and through a label and management and agents and it was something that's it's it's a passion project and and like you said you don't get that a lot in nashville Mm -hmm. um uh, and so i'm just blessed i'll i'll take that and it's inspiring too because it's like well now i want to go make more music what else can i do and uh it's like uh any artist will tell you as soon as they get their music out and it's something they're proud it it's a necessary thing to keep moving 
you know yeah. it's crazy how many artists i was I, I i'm still a brand new artist and i've been playing i'm 37 years old i've been i've been in town for going on 11 years and part of that is because it's so hard to release any music with the support you need to make the music succeed uh, but if you don't release the music what are you moving toward like, what are you doing? No one even knows what you're doing. They, they don't, they can't hear you. You know, uh, your parents will call in. How's it going? I'm like, good. I wrote another song. I'm like, good. I'll send you the, the demo. And years later, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. uh, so it's cool. It's surreal and it's cool. And during 2020, when everything shut down, you went back into practicing law to be able to make some money because musicians weren't making money during that time. And so have you been able now that the record is out and things are getting back to normal to step back away from that? Or are you still practicing a little bit? So I'm still practicing. This summer was like, uh, music starts to ramp up and law, like, uh, when I went back into practice, it got, it's, it's, it, got booming for a while i have a a trial coming up next month um so there's just a, a lot of things going at the same time but i kind of st- was able to stop taking cases and then uh we're playing a lot more shows and so just that balance you know it's uh comes back to the title of my record every hat is a cowboy hat i wear a lot of different hats you know i uh you know, put on my dad hat every night kind of deal. Uh, and then I, I get on the road and wear that hat. I go in court and wear that hat. And uh, that's not even why I named the record that, but it's, it's just started applying uh, just everywhere. And uh, uh, I don't know, do I have like a, the uh, uh, ultimate goal for it? The ultimate goal is just to make the best music I can. I feel like God put this on my head and heart. And uh, I, I just, I, I owe it uh, to, to, to try to make it and try to get it out. So that's, that's my philosophy anyway. And as you move towards your new music that you're going to be recording, are you taking inspiration from this past album or are you leaving it there? And like you say, now following your head and your heart towards maybe where your creative influences will flow for this next music. Yeah. uh, You know, there's some things about the this record that I'm like, man, I would love to be able to like do this again. My song, I got a song called Neon Anya, mm-hmm. and uh, and that song has just has this big boom, and uh, the chorus hits huge, and it feels a little bit R and B, while at the same time it's rock and roll and country, but it's country at the heart of it. All my all my stuff is country at the heart of it, but it's rock and roll. Oh yeah, but also there's like a groove thing, uh, and I like an R&B kind of kind of vibe, um, and a rhythm and blues, like real bluesy. Like, so I, I'll think about songs like that on the record sometimes, and I'm like, how can I, how can I make that again? Oh, that's cool. But usually, more often than not, it just ends up being a does it doesn't necessarily you don't feel the heart of it like it's just for me it's got to come from a real authentic place so whatever that means now i will say this this next stuff it's going to be like the grooviest stuff yet like and 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 and, uh it's even further uh down the line of wherever uh this thing is going but uh, i'm very very excited about it so and now you had the cover of sold on 
this album this latest album which is amazing like what you did with that song and the cover is great and i saw you talking in another interview about doing diamonds on the soles of her shoes by paul simon now is that still something you're working on oh man you know i'll i'll send you this thing i got this like uh it was, it's a real rough recording of we played it live acoustically and uh we recorded it it's 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 uh, like i said very rough right but uh but i love it so much like i love the cover of like i love that song paul simon in particular huge influence on me the the what he does with rhythms uh, is just genius type stuff and savant yeah. type stuff and uh yeah, I'm still working on uh it would be cool. That's that's the kind of cover or tribute stuff I want to be involved in, stuff that means a lot to me and that you otherwise really wouldn't expect. And I think that's what sold was too. Like uh John Michael Montgomery is a huge influence on me. And that song particularly, I've played it a thousand times. And I think that version came about because I was like, Well, how can I mix this up this time? And then all of a sudden it became like a fan favorite and something we did at every show. And I'm like, well, it's gotta go on the record. So hopefully Diamonds on the Soul of Your Shoes will come back up too. We'll see. Thank you once again so much for listening and thank you to Scott for stopping by and sharing his story. Be sure to check out his new album, Every Hat is a Cowboy Hat, wherever you stream your music. Please also be sure to check out our website, countrymusicmademe.com. There you can listen to all of our episodes and also sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content and also stay up to date on all of our upcoming guests. Just head over to countrymusicmademe.com and hit that subscribe button. You can also find us on any streaming platform. So if streaming is your thing, just head over to your favorite, search Country Music Made Me, and give us a follow and maybe even leave us a review if you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you once again so much for listening, and we'll see you next time on Country Music Made Me. Music